Hello and welcome back to the ACSC podcast. Thank you so much for the great response we've had in the last few episodes and just want to say a quick start with thank you so much for 100 views overall. We've just noticed that and this is only our fourth episode so it makes such a huge notice to me and Adil and it means the world to us. Uh, just saying we have so many more ideas for the future. This is only really the start for us and we want to take this a lot further. Potentially with interviews coming up future, that is what we want to eventually venture into. Uh, so we're going to start today going away from football as the first three have been about that and we're going to be talking about a bit of boxing and UFC today. So showing a different side to the knowledge we have and we're going to start with the first live sporting event since this whole coronavirus situation which was USC 249 and I'm going to let Adil start this one today. Hello guys, uh, it's Adil again. Uh, just a quick thank you from me again as well. Um, you know, getting over over 100 views is um, and listens, sorry, is it's really motivating for us. Me and Charles really appreciate the numbers. To be honest, what it does as well, it actually kind of, you know, kind of motivates us to do more give you guys more content obviously we are getting a good feedback as well from everyone so everyone who's given the feedback it's much appreciated and, and like we say as soon as we see the numbers you know going over 100 it just shows that there is that interest in there for us and like i say it really motivates us and we couldn't be more appreciative if we if we tried um so just a massive thank you from me as well um yeah like charles was saying as well so today a bit more away from football um it is vital to say that predominantly it will be a lot of football because that's where our major majority of our knowledge lies um, but we do have interest in other sports um, in the future you hear you know maybe Formula One you hear other sports maybe cricket as well but today we are going to focus on the uh, combat sports and um, mainly UFC and boxing and the first topic we've got today is actually the UFC 249 um, the major event that's the first major event actually Charles like you rightly said since the uh, coronavirus lockdown and the outbreak and it was nice for p- people who love sports and more so people who love combat sports to get that um well to see a bit of fighting even though there was no crowds still a success and we'll just start off with the um one of the undercards that was on that main event um with francis Ngannou versus jazinho rosenstrike um an amazing fight i think well it wasn't exactly an amazing fight i mean 17 seconds and Garnu, who absolutely blitzed him, um, and you know, watching that live, it was just a man who's got, you know, most brutal hands in the in the in the sport, and a, and a man who's absolutely brutal. Oh, I completely agree, and I think Francis and Garnu, watching the way he fights, there's no one in that division that can compete with the amount of power he has. He is frightening to watch, and him, the more fights he has, the better he seems to get every fight. Uh, I don't think, if you watch the fight, it wasn't the cleanest of fights at the start. I'd say it wasn't the cleanest knockout I've seen him have, but it just shows the power he has behind them hands, regardless if he hits you clean or if he hits you even just slightly, you're going down. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, when I was watching the fight, I mean, the thing about Francis Ngannou, when he's sharp on the scene, he was very much, people are looking at him thinking, who is this guy? And, you know, is he going to go through the whole division and destroy everyone? And then he had his little blitz where he obviously lost to... um. Stipe Miocic, who took him the five rounds and, and obviously he lost on the unanimous decision. So he kind of had a little bit of a blip there. But coming back, again, you like you said, it wasn't the cleanest knockout, but it's just a full brute where he, you know, he's coming for you with, you know, he's just throwing hands left and right. And, and obviously he caught him once or twice and, and actually knocked him out. And the referee had to uh, intervene quite quickly. He's For me, he's the hardest hitting heavyweight since Anthony uh, Rumble Johnson. 
you know, he's, he's got those hands where once he's in the zone, there's not many that can actually stop him. No, it's a tough thing because if you're saying if he was around a few years ago with the John Jones and Daniel Cormier type of things, that would have been such an incredible fight to see. But I can't really see anyone really coming up and run who could give him a better fight unless he fights. Uh, I've completely forgotten the name of who you just said, the guy who he eventually beat and has a rematch there. Yeah, so that was Stipe Miocic, who obviously is a, a, a really intelligent fighter. He obviously lost against him. Um, but yeah, potentially that could be a fight that he looks to avenge. Um, and then maybe can maybe dominate that heavyweight division because you know he's got the the sheer brute force in his hands, you know, and and he's he's the for me he probably is the most brutal heavyweight in the division right now. Yes, yeah, so uh, we can then move on to the Tony Ferguson result, which in a lot of people's opinions was a massive shock result there. Yes, yeah, Tony Ferguson obviously um, coming into the fight, you know, with a. Uh, a, he was on a 12 win streak um he had the but the fight with Khabib that was meant to happen i think they tried to make it five times and and all five times it's just it's some it feels like it's a fight yeah exactly it almost feels like it's a it's a fight that's cursed i mean i've never heard of anything that's been scheduled to happen five times and not happen um a fight that probably will never yeah exactly and a fight probably that never will happen um and obviously then you got Justin Gaethje who came in who's got a very impressive record himself with a 22-2 and record. Um, and he only came in and was announced, I think, back in April that he was on a step-in for Habib and fight Tony. Yeah. Um, and again, a, a, a fighter who's learned his way over the years. Before, he used to get, you know, when he used to hit people with a couple of good strikes, he used to be excited and, and jump into, you know, a trap and then he'd, get, he'd lose in that, in that situation. But now he's, he's more of a tactical fighter now where, you know, he'll, he'll catch someone, he'll drop off, who would make sure they're shaken up, and then he'll go in there and hit them again. And all fight, if you watched the fight, it was he absolutely battered Ferguson all fight. Um, and what that yeah. does is, no, I mean, exactly. If you see Tony's Tony's face at the end of it, I mean, uh, the referee he, he had absolutely um, every right to stop the fight. Um, and I think, you know, a massive shock. It is a shock because I think a lot of people expected Tony to come through that, and then potentially the fight with Habib still be there. Um, and that what that does is probably throw things into the spanner. Yeah, and that's it. You can sort of link that into our next conversation we're going to have. Is obviously the whole Kahib fight, if it's ever going to happen. I, I don't know now. This will be the sixth time they've tried to reschedule it. It's it's a bit of a beyond the joke, really, now. But obviously, Conor McGregor getting very vocal again last night. Oh, some of his tweets, I don't know if you saw them, but him basically just going at absolutely everyone in the division again as usual. And obviously what he was saying about Justin, he was saying he's going to have his teeth as a necklace. I think the problem with Conor McGregor is, at the moment, he's so good yeah. at talking. But over the last few years, we haven't really seen enough to back that up. I'll say the only fight I've seen recently was his last one against Donald Cerrone, where he absolutely dominated. And I think Conor in that type of mood could beat anyone. Don't know about Kahib, but that is a different Connor than we've seen in the last few years. Yeah, I think the thing with Connor, Connor, like you said as well, there is he's a man that you know with his mouth. There's probably not a sporting. I'd, I personally don't know anyone as a sports personality, maybe ever, who's got the mouth and the charisma that Connor has. You know, he come look completely changed the game. He, he, if anything, he maybe brought UFC in the limelight where you know it's viewed by so many now. And it's because mainly because of him, you know, how he is, so charismatic. 
Now, again, yes, I did see the tweets. Um, we probably won't share exactly everything he said on those tweets because some of them were, <laughs> were absolutely, I mean, the words he was using, you know, threatening to, like you said, use Justin Gaethje's teeth as his necklace. Um, I think he also... I think he just went... Uh, yeah, he just went for everyone in the division. I think he uh, just had enough of the... Uh event and just decided to try and have yeah, everyone, I think, as I usual. Yeah, I think he's, um, you know, he's a, he's a whiskey brand he's got. He's probably sat there on that at the moment and, and he tweeted as he was drinking that. I mean, he looked like someone who was potentially drunk and tweeting. But you know what? It's, for all the all the controversy there is, it brought entertainment, it brought interest, especially from Khabib, who obviously hit back at him this morning. I saw a few tweets. Um, I saw his uh, Yeah, exactly. And, and obviously, Khabib and Connor, what it does now is potentially... With the Tony and Khabib fight potentially not happening um, because obviously Tony lost and obviously that's a fight that you just don't see ever happening and ever being made. Um, I can see maybe the Conor Khabib 2 potentially now more of a chance of it happening. Conor did rightly so, like you said, beat Donald Cerrone. Um, but that is a Donald Cerrone who, and this is no disrespect to Donald Cerrone, he's become a bit of a a, a stepping stone now. And he's, for all he's achieved, uh, if you look at the yeah. last few fights, he's lost a majority of them. And he's almost felt like a stepping stone for many people. And he's obviously coming to the latter stage of his career now. So I w- even though, I mean, Connor was absolutely brutal in that fight and he was really impressive. I can't look at that and go, oh, he's back. Because for me, it's a declining, um, it's a declining Donald Cerrone. But he showed, he showed enough in that fight to show that he could potentially come back. And that Connor-Khabib fight, I don't know if that would happen straight away. I think Connor would come back and potentially fight either Dustin Poirier, which potentially could be a fight he could do, have, have again, or, you know, there could be maybe Nate Diaz again, yeah. potentially. Maybe one of those fights where he can properly introduce himself back into the division again, and then the Khabib fight potentially could happen again. I think the Nate Diaz fight, I don't think he'll take that. I think that would be another massive event that would need to build up. I think he's either got to choose Diaz or Khabib. I think my personal opinion there. Uh, but like you said, the Cerrone fight, some of the stats from this I saw, it was obviously a 40-second fight, but in 19 of 26 significant strikes landed, Cerrone only attempted one. Uh, like you're saying there, but to me that, that yeah, shows wow. where Connor was on it. I think he got his training right. I think he's changed it up a little bit to get a bit more usual and getting back himself. But like you're saying, comparing the records, Connor is 22 and 4 as a pro record. Kahib, 28 wins, 28 fights. Yeah. 5 foot 10 is Kahib. Connor's 5 foot 9. Both 155 pounds. Uh, Connor has a 74 inch reach, whereas Kahib only has 70. So you're going by them. Connor should have the reach advantage. But Kahib is probably the best yeah. wrestler yeah. in the UFC history. I have never seen anyone. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably agree with the that. The way yeah. he does. I think, again, you're probably. Yeah, I think you're spot on with that, personally. Um, for me, I think it's quite well known as well, and we'll just like to say as well, um, we are both, we both admire both of them. I think Charles is more of a, I think you rightly say, you're probably a Connor fan, um, more so. Um, and I'm and I'm more so of a, a Habib fan. I mean, don't get me wrong, I am in absolute, I have full of admiration for Connor. Um, but for me, if you watch the first fight as well, and obviously Connor did catch him a few times, I just see as soon as you, as soon as Khabib brings someone down to the ground, you don't get back it's, up. It's for me, it's game over. You, you don't. Unfortunately, you just don't because he's he's got this a knack where you know he's he gets you in his squeezes and he's, he's a king of grappling. Well, I saw I saw some coach, stats. I was looking at Khabib yeah. and I found in an average fifteen minutes of a rounds, he averages five point three five takedowns. 
per 15 minutes. And his overall over 28 fights, he's got an 87% success rate of getting people to the ground. There you go. I mean, there you go. So that's <laughs> telling you, you know, that's just telling you almost every fight he's going to have, he's going to bring you to the ground. Like as it's... soon as he does that, especially with Connor, yeah, and Connor's defense is not. I mean, his attack is one of the best in UFC history. There's no doubt about that. When Connor throws his hands and it's very accurate, it's very tough to, you know, hit back at him. But when Connor's defense, on the other hand, is a little bit more exposed, um, and I just see potentially if that fight happened again, for me personally, it's the same result. Um, and I just don't see it, Khabib losing it. I mean, Connor, he'd have to catch him. He'd have to fight the perfect fight. He'd have to be very on the ball. He'd have to move around a lot. He'd have to try and make sure Khabib doesn't bring him down and catch him at every opportunity he gets. Um, but like I said, I'm full of admiration for both of them. But for me, Khabib wins that fight all day long. Um, and if there was obviously a rematch for me, that's that's how it go. Oh, you said there is I, I do have a huge admiration for Gregor. But I also like Khabib. And I like you said, I think... If the second fight does happen, Khabib will win again. As much as I'd love to see Connor win it, like you said there, I think Connor would have to do comes on leaps and bounds. I think he's obviously going to have to learn a bit more on his takedown, the defense side of things, and I can't see him being able to do a lot more in that. But I think there's recently I saw a tweet a few days ago going round. There was a little clip of about a four five second clip of it showing, like you say, where he caught him a few times, and everyone was saying if Connor was at his best that would have been it over. I don't know about that. I think Kahib can take a punch. He's got a very good chin on him just as much as well. Um, as much as I am, like you say now, I think regardless of the result, I can't see any other result of Kahib winning the second fight if it does happen. Yeah, I mean, like you say, I think you're spot on on that. I think, yeah, the clips, I did notice that as well, where, again, a, a prime Connor, you know, there's a lot of ifs and buts and maybes in this. And what's tr- what's what's the facts here is, Khabib is not just a grappler, and Khabib doesn't just win by, you know, getting in the grappling position and um, choking people out and people tapping out. He has got a very high knockout percentage yeah. as well, and if you look at his fights as well, I think, I think what did I see? I think in his 28 fights, I think 21, or I'm not sure how many of it was, were TKOs. So he, he has got punching power as well, and of course he's got an amazing chin, because no one's really got him in a position where, you know, you look like he's about to lose. So, you know, he's almost a complete fighter. Um, and again, like we're saying again on this, I think for me personally, Khabib wins that rematch. And for me personally, there's not a UFC fighter in that division right now who can beat him. No, 100% what you're saying there is spot on, in my opinion. It's it's such an interesting division. And obviously, I think where does Connor go as the next step if he doesn't choose to root Khabib? And I can see him going to Diaz, potentially. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's bad blood there. Um, you know, obviously, um, they've fought, I think, is it three? I think they've have they had a trilogy or have they fought twice? I mean, apologies for my um, not knowing that. But I'm not sure if it's two or three fights. And obviously, Diaz definitely won one. And Khabib obviously won another one. But I'm not sure if there was a third fight that was either a draw or Diaz won. I believe they'll be setting oh, up the trilogy. Okay. okay, so I'm not 100% sure. I believe. Um, but like I say, it would be a fight where... You know, you've got potentially, you know, two fighters who's had so much bad blood. I mean, Connor obviously lost the fight when Nate beat him initially. And then when he came back and beat him, he beat him in a, such a tactical version of, you know, he learned how he lost that first fight. He fought very tactically, tactically and he actually outwitted um, Diaz in the whole fight. So that would be potentially a fight that could potentially be made. 
Um, Nate is obviously getting old, getting on a bit now. Um, so I'm not sure if that's one of the ways Connor would go by it. Um, but it'd be interesting because we knew the the sport needs Conor McGregor back. UFC, like you're saying, lives and breathes through McGregor in a certain aspect. He's sort of made it appeal so much more to the younger audience of bringing them people in. He he's mastered the social media side of things to maximise it, and I think Dana White will always love him for that. I, he's built the UFC into something it is, and it's just grown leaps and bounds from there. That I mean, that's literally. I mean, there's. I mean, we'll go on to boxing in fact right now. Um, but I just just want to finish off on that, like you were saying. You know, Conor McGregor is, is pivotal what, to what UFC are now, and Dana White as well. He'd be full of appreciation for Conor. UFC is almost now, you know, competing with boxing as you know the what's the the best combat sport sport, which is a more viewed and and whatnot. And it's 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 got itself right up there now. Um, but what we'll we'll focus now on is obviously um, we'll move away from UFC on that. For now, um, and we'll move on to a couple of topics on boxing. We won't we, just on the heavyweight division. We're going to discuss a couple of things on, um, just maybe potentially on the big three, as they call it, which is obviously Deontay Wilder, um, Tyson Fury, and Anthony Joshua. Um, and then we'll just let um, Charles maybe start off with that with the potentially Fury Wilder three. Slightly said there, obviously, it's the big three within boxing. I think. More than anything from British fans' point of view at the moment, what we are, it, it's such an exciting time for heavyweight boxing. You've obviously got Tyson Fury on one hand, you've got Anthony Joshua on the other, which we'll touch on a bit more shortly. But like you said there, the Deontay Wilder 3 uh, versus Tyson Fury. As much as I'd love to see it, I don't see the point in Deontay Wilder having the fight. I think watching that last fight, Tyson Fury absolutely dominated the fight. Tyson Fury in that mood, no one will beat him. He looked absolutely phenomenal. And all of his record, 31 pro fights, 30 wins, 67% knockout ratio. At the end of the day, he still is the linear champion. He never lost any of their belts, he did. Um, some of the stats on that fight is, obviously, he knocked him down twice officially. Yeah. Obviously, the other two were slips. But to me, he put Wilder on his ass four times. Yeah, it's, exactly that. Yeah. It, that fight there, and I saw one here... He land uh, out of 272 punches thrown. He landed 135 punches with 50% accuracy in that fight alone. That showed how frightening he can be, and he's not just what everyone says. This defensive boxer who's not pretty. He looked phenomenal. He went out there and took the fight to Wilder. Yeah, I think you're spot on on that. I think again, I probably do agree with you in the sense that if there was a third fight, which I believe Deontay Wilder. Um, is uh, he has there's a clause in the in the contract where if uh, Fury won that second fight, Wilder could activate a third fight. For me, he'd be silly to um, take the third fight. If we watch the um, the first fight between the two, Deontay Wilder dropped um, Tyson Fury a couple of times in the fight. Um, obviously, notably in the twelfth round, which I'll just get to. But throughout the fight, Wilder, I mean, sorry, Tyson Fury outboxed him you know he you know jab and move you know he 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 got he caught um De Deontay enough times and he was up up on the um judges scorecard and obviously up until the 12th round when Wilder dropped that massive right hand he's got that really lethal right hand which is you know so well talked about he's got that power brute in his right hand and he obviously dropped Fury and many thought and I thought when I was watching it I thought you know he's completely out cold and for him to get up like the Undertaker gets up, you know, he almost felt like, you know, the way he sat up. 
it, it, it did, didn't it? It just felt like the way I just saw him get up. All I could hear was the yeah. ding, and yeah. the lights went off. That's what I keep in my head. Yeah. And obviously, obviously, um, he got up, he beat the count, and then obviously because he got knocked down twice, I think I can understand why that fight was called a draw. Personally, for me, Fury absolutely dominated and should have won it as do many believe that as well. Then they had the second fight, and then the second fight is nothing we can really talk about. I mean, if you look at Deontay Wilder, what he came out and said, saying his, um, what was it, his costume was heavy. Is that what he said? Is that what he said? His armour plate, he was too There you go. So, I mean, I think that was, for me, that's laughable. You know, that's just, even if that is true, I wouldn't come out and say that, because that, for me, is embarrassing. He was, no. he was like, it is, it's, it's laughable. Even if it was true, you just don't say that. You just accept the defeat, take the L and, and potentially move on. Um, but yeah, again, you know, you thought... He thought, made up this whole thing, like you're saying there, with his coach. He sacked him, which has all become massive news because he threw in his towel. You're saying all this that you want to go out on your own feet, everything. I get that. Yet then the next day you're saying that your armour plated, that you chose and you wore, I think it was a week before yeah. the event, and said nothing was too heavy for you. Yeah, exactly that. Like, yeah, exactly that. <laughs> I would have more respect for him if he'd come out after the fight and said, you know what, hands up, Tyson, you absolutely smacked me about. That would have been it. Yeah, exactly that. I think Wilder hasn't got that nature in him, has he? No. Um, but like you say, in, in that second fight, I mean, Fury battered him all fight. Um, I think Wilder was dropped twice in that fight before he's, he's actually corner threw in the towel, rightfully, by the way, I think, in the seventh round. Um, and, and and a third fight between Wilder. I don't think Wilder. I, I think he'd be dumb to take that third fight. He was outclassed for me and in a lot of boxing fans and pundits. He was outclassed in both fights. And yeah. if he fought him again and lost again, which I think would be on the cards, it'd end his career. The the thing what everyone's thinking, oh, could it happen again? Is that Deontay Wilder has that right hand where you know I'd, I'd say one power. If if if, if, if we're talking about hooks and one power punch out of the three, the strongest punch is for me Deontay Wilder. Now, that's why people are still, you know, you know, um, put him in high regard still. It's because he can out of nothing catch you and drop you. If you look at the fight when he fought Luis Ortiz before he fought um, Ortiz was dominating in uh, that Tyson fight. Fury. Ortiz, exactly. Ortiz absolutely dominated yeah. that fight. But but we were, I sat there watching that fight thinking, yeah, he is. He's dominated, dominated. But soon there's going to be that right hand. And that right hand is going to finish Ortiz. And what happened? Yeah, one right hand. Yeah. I don't think Ortiz actually even got up. He didn't even get up. He <laughs> looked at. I think he was, he was looking in the start. If you look at him, he was a completely daisy eyes, and and the fight was stopped right there. So that's why, you know, Fury. I mean, Wilder still has to have that regard, and you got to give him the respect. But for me personally, if I was him, I'd move away from Tyson Fury and maybe let Tyson fight maybe AJ and maybe him to go and fight. Dylan White, maybe, and maybe, or, or or Joseph Parker, or someone like that, where he can potentially rebuild his um his boxing career again. Like you're saying there, I don't disagree with what you're saying. He has the strongest hand, one punch in boxing. But the argument a lot of people have always said is Fury got up from one of them punches, arguably very late in the round. I get, but Fury would have been just as yeah. tired. Fury wasn't at his best then. And he still managed to get up. So with all this training he's had now, I still think Fury does have the potential to get up from that. And I just, I think Fury more than anything is ready to move on. And I think, like you're saying with McGregor, Fury brings that charisma into boxing now. He's yeah, he does not yeah. as much arguably as his first run when he was running around the freaking press conferences as Batman, but 
He's yeah, I remember still, that. Yes, yeah. I think he's sort of matured a lot, and obviously he's got a massive battle with mental health, which is so publicised and um, admirable from him for openly speaking about things about that. But he's now got, I'll say, the people's champion. People love him and want to follow him and see his success. Yeah, I think you're 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 completely spot on. I think the mental health thing as well. I think, like you said, it was so public where I think he weighed over twenty stones, and and I remember there was an interview, not an interview, there was more of a a chat between AJ and Fury and AJ joked to him once and he said, um, Oh, if you ever get yourself back into shape, you know, you know where I am. And now if you look at it, potentially that's something that is the whole British, on the cards. British public want to see. Exactly. It's what every fan wants to see. Even the Americans want to see that, but they're the best two heavyweights, even though they might still argue the case for Deontay Wilder. Um, but for me, Tyson Fury brings that charisma like Connor does. You're right. He, people, you, you don't forget as well. He actually went to back to Germany and he actually beat um, Vladimir Klitschko in his backyard. You know, he's obviously beaten Deontay Wilder for me twice. Yep. He's fought the best and he's beaten the best. You know, he's still got the O. I know he's got that one draw, which for me should have been, been a win. Club. It should have been a win. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's what's interesting for me, that, and I keep looking back on it, he's never lost. No. Nope. And that doesn't really get spoken about enough. And again, he is, yeah, he's the, the gypsy king. You know, the, if you see him move around in that, in that ring, you're right. He's not the most extravagant, brutal, you know, he's not in the best shape that potentially Anthony Joshua is. Um, you know, he's got the physique and he's got the, the stature about him where you look at him and go, oh my God, he's probably like, he's going to really, absolutely destroy you here, here and now. Joshua now. is but, something what, about the side slap. That is what Joshua's physique is. Then you look at Tyson Fury yeah, on the exactly. other hand, who some people say is a fat man. He should be doing what he does. And then mm-hmm. that's the different exactly comparison that's, that's you exactly got there. Yeah. Um, so obviously moving on yeah. to what you're saying there is... Everyone, including I think everyone in Britain, wants to see Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury. Uh, a lot of debate is saying it would probably be hosted in America, but I would love to see it. Say Wembley, sell it out. That would sell out in minutes. Um, but obviously, it's such a fight; it's got so much potential. And I think I'm a massive Anthony Joshua fan, but I can't see anything but Tyson Fury winning that fight. Yeah, I mean, again, Charles, I probably um, again I'm a massive fan of Anthony Joshua as well as I am of Tyson Fury. I think. More than a fan, I'd, I'd say I'm probably more in I have admiration for both of them um, and I appreciate what they bring to the sport. Uh, it would be the battle of the Brits. For me, they are currently the best two heavyweights in the division, in the world. Um, where can the fight happen? Again, that is interesting because financially and audience number-wise and bringing numbers-wise and in terms of money-wise, America would it, it, it completely kick off and take off in America. However, you know, us being British fans and both those fighters being British fighters, we would love to see it happen in the UK. And again, like you said, Wembley could be, it would be sold out in minutes. Eddie Hearn would love to help make that happen. What interests me is I know both of the promoters, obviously Eddie Hearn, promoter of uh, Anthony Joshua and Frank Warren, who's a promoter of uh, Tyson Fury. Yeah. Now they've got bad blood and, and they are both two egoistic men who, who might come out and say, yeah, yeah, we'd love this fight to happen. But when you put them both in one table together, no cameras, that's negotiations that could take on, go on for days. That's what kind of makes me think, you know, can the fight happen? Can they drop their egos and make that fight happen? I mean, I think what's fair to say is Anthony Joshua is the A-side, but in terms of the fighter-wise, Tyson Fury is the A-side. He's the man who's got the three, um, you know, I mean, obviously, Anthony, sorry, I, put, I beg your pardon. Anthony Joshua has the three, um, the belts. I think he's got the WBA, um, WBO, yeah. and the WBC, whereas the... Um, uh, Tyson Fury's got the IBF, I believe. 
So obviously it would be a fight, and the, and the lineal obviously title as well. So it'd be a fight to completely unify the division. So that that completely be something that we'd love to see a, a potential one of our British fighters to have all the all the titles, all the all the belts. Um, again, it would be a fight I'd love to see. I'd love to see in the UK. Um, it, to be honest, it's making me excited sat here thinking about it. Um, for me, Anthony Joshua, um, who's obviously come back off the de- defeat where he lost to um, uh, what was his name again? I completely got off my head now. Andy Ruiz, Andy Ruiz. Yeah, Andy Ruiz Jr., who who got his yeah. shot at fame and took it. You know, credit to him. He he took the fame, he took the money. He he absolutely battered <laughs> Anthony Joshua in America. Um, it was the most. <laughs> I mean, in terms of physique wise, um, and by all means, I'm not here disrespecting Andy Ruiz. But if you compare the two, it was the most. It was funny in in a way, but Anthony unmatched fight that you could have ever fought the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen in my life but credit to andy ruiz jr who beat him got the purse got the second fight which he which he obviously lost to and to joshua who he did catch joshua again in that second fight um but joshua out out fought him and outclassed him and and out tactics him um but that's probably something now where joshua's probably learned he's probably learned that i can be a bit more defensive which you need to be with tyson fury oh it's good to touch on that and i think like you're saying there is I've seen a lot of people. I've, I speak to, I've spoken to a few people, and they've always said, "Oh, the second fight was rubbish. It wasn't anything." But I'm saying that's the difference. Anthony Joshua showed that other side. Everyone expects Joshua to walk in the ring, knock someone out in the first round. Joshua isn't that fight anymore. He done that at his lower levels because he was fighting people who were still coming up. When you're at this elite level, you can't expect to walk in a ring and knock someone out in three rounds. It 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 doesn't happen often, and I think that's the good thing. It makes it interesting and. That side of Joshua was so good to see that he can, I say, outbox someone. He put on a masterclass performance. He walked in that ring. He knew he had a job to do, and got the yeah, job done. Exactly that. I think that's what we we saw a mature a boxing maturity from Anthony Joshua there, which we probably don't we're probably not seeing that side from him. He knew what he had to do. Um, it's very easy to get into you know into a scrap with Andy Ruiz but it's just not worth it he had to outbox him he had to jab him and move he had to move around the ring because he knew physically yeah. um you know even like if you talk about um stamina wise he knew he had more stamina than Andy Ruiz Jr and he knew he just had to move around jab him you know catch him every now and again and move around the ring and just get the the points on the board from the judges and outbox him in that fight which he did so potentially that's where he again that's where in the potential Tyson Fury anti Joshua fight, he'd have to maybe have a similar kind of tactics where jab and move. Because for me, he moves slightly better than I mean not he doesn't actually move better than Tyson Fury, I don't think he does. But he's got he's got more power than anti Joshua. No. In if no. we're talking about punching power, you know, one knockout punch, he's got more than potentially Tyson Fury. Whereas Tyson Fury, I mean, if you see the way he moves, again, this is no disrespect to Muhammad Ali, but he really moves. For a guy with that how much he weighs. You know, he he's so quick and he moves so well, Tyson Fury. Yeah. And for me, he is the he is the best division. Uh, sorry, best heavyweight in the division. Um, and I I do see I don't see Tyson Fury completely battering and destroying Anthony Joshua within you know six rounds. I do see it being a lot closer than a lot of people no, think. No. But for me, Tyson Fury probably would take that fight and become you know the unified uh, champion of the world. I I think that is the same as that. I could say. I think the problem with Anthony Joshua might have in this fight is like you're saying about get involved in a scrap. He done the same thing in the second fight with Andy Ruiz, and it very nearly cost him that fight. He I think it was about round seven or eight. 
He engaged with a scrap and Ruiz caught him two or three times in there and he, he was on the ropes. And I think the problem with Joshua is... What was that? Yeah, was that in the second fight? Yes, in the second fight, he engaged, he got into another scrap with him, fully knowing well that if he gets in a scrap, Handy Ruiz as packs a punch proved that in the first fight. And I think the problem with, like you're saying, with Fury, I think Fury is so smart in the ring. I think Joshua will try to have the tactics, etc. But then I think all it takes is Fury's mind games. I don't think there's many people who's got into Joshua's head, but I think if he can get into his head, get him into that ring and Throw him off his game. Joshua will be up for a scrap, and it, I don't think it ever. I think the problem is I don't know if Joshua has the best chin. He's been rocked quite a few times his last. Week. No, I think the no, the Perfecting fight yeah. he rocked him. Um, he did Parker. I can't remember if he rocked him too much, but he didn't have a comfortable fight. And then obviously Andrew Ruiz. No, he didn't. He lost that one. Yeah. So I think I think you're spot on. I think Anthony Joshua can be got at. Um, and I know a lot of our audience probably listening today are probably a massive fan of Anthony Joshua, even the female audience, <laughs> rightly so, rightly so, absolutely. <laughs> but what it is, he probably doesn't have the chin, as you say, you're absolutely spot on, as potentially Fury does. I mean, obviously Fury got up from the most devastating punch I've ever seen in boxing. Um, so he's, if Fury, I think if Fury goes on the attack, there is problem for Anthony Joshua. And I don't know if he's got the defence no. um, and, again, the chip to try and stop, stop it. No. Exactly. I think from a marketable point of view, you know, from Eddie Hearn point of view, and even like, you know, like you said, he looks like a guy that's made from a science lab. From a marketable point of view, you'd love to see Ty- I mean, Anthony Joshua win, win the fight and be the unified champion. And, you know, it looks good. It looks right. Now, from Tyson Fury point of view, you look at him and you go, how, how is he? A guy like that, you know, is unified champion of the world. So it doesn't look right. But then if you look at Who's the better fighter? For me, it is Tyson Fury. Um, and that's a fight that I'd love to see happen. Whether or not it does happen or not will be whether will be another story to to be talked about. Um, but for us, um, it is a, a fight that I think we'd both love to see. And 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 I think that's what we'll we'll wrap up for today, won't we, Charles? Yep, I think that's more than enough we could go on a lot longer. There's so much debate in it. So I think if you guys would like to hear more conversation around the boxing. I think it's a sport I'm I love watching and it's something I I'd like to express more opinions about. So if you guys would like to hear more of our views on potentially AJ Fury whatever and we can more happy to talk about other divisions there's so much more to, to explore within and that. So please let us guys know what you think. We're probably going to go potentially maybe F1 is the next topic or maybe back to football. We're not 100% sure yet, but there's a lot happening recently with F1 uh recently I'll just touch on it is Vettel announcing today he's set to be leaving. So that is potentially the next topic we'd like to talk about. But that's it for now, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week.